Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left. God moment number eight. He has something great for you. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you. Man, it's so good to be with you again. I'm so thankful for this opportunity to encourage you and to share a little bit about what God has done in my life. And we're talking about God moments. This is God moment number eight, and we're talking about how God has something great for you. And these God moments, we're going to talk about, there'll be times in my life when the Lord showed up in a mighty way. Not every one of these moments, as I've shared in the past, are not the best times of my life, but some of them are come from real struggles. Moments where the Lord truly stepped in and made a difference to help me and to keep me. In August of 2008, I was invited to go to Vietnam. I had went to school with a young pastor who had been born in Vietnam, and he escaped when he was just a child, and he finally made it to America. He gave his life to the Lord when he was a teenager, and he felt called into the ministry, and he went to the Baptist College of Florida to pursue the necessary tools that he felt that he needed to match the, God, the call of God upon his life. You know, he told me about how tough it was growing up in Vietnam and how it's hard to bring the gospel back to Vietnam was, was, was overwhelmed. He really wanted to bring Jesus to the nation of his home country. And he had began planning a trip for August 2008. And he invited me to join him. And of course, you know the history of me being invited somewhere to preach. I got to go. So I shared with my friend Joel and you know, he worked with the airlines as he had a several brothers that worked for the airlines and he was excited to hear an invitation to the nation of Vietnam. And he said, well, let's go. I'll get us some tickets. So we made up our mind and we were going to go. But as we got closer to the time to leave, Pastor Home, my Vietnamese friend at the Baptist College of Florida, canceled his trip. But I told him, I said, you know, Joel and I had already got our tickets and we're excited about going and we're still going. And if you had anything or any plans for us to, to meet anybody or do anything, just let me know. And he said this, he says, I have a place for you to, to share your testimony. It's like a coffee shop that, that learns English. You could probably share your testimony there in English. And then uh, I have some pastors that we just found out about at some churches, and I just want you to meet them, contact them, and see if they're legitimate. We agreed. We land when we landed in Vietnam. I'm telling you, it was an immediate assault on all of our senses. If you've ever been to Vietnam, you know exactly what I'm saying. It, it's an assault on your senses in every way. When you step out of the airport, you hear. First of all, this roaring crowd, this sea of people that are about the same height, that pretty much looks the same, and they all have black hair, and they're just lined up all across the, the, the outside of the airport waiting for their family or friends. Man, when you walk out there, it's, it's an intense sight. It's an intense sound. But not only that, when you walk through, when you walk out of the airport, it's like you walk through a blanket of heat. I'm from Florida. I know what heat's like, but I've never felt anything like this. It's like you just, as you get further out of the, the, the airport, the hotter it gets. It's just like, man, you instantly just start sweating. 
and we walk out and this assault on our senses begins and it's kind of overwhelming. And then all of a sudden I see this hand raise up over everybody and I'm like, what in the world? And it was Pastor Holmes' little brother. He steps out of this large crowd and he takes our stuff and he carries us to the, to the taxi and brings us to our airport. See, we're about to step into something that would literally change my entire life. You see, God has a way of guiding us exactly to where he wants us so he can give us what he has for us. In the book of Ruth, we see God's powerful hand in the life of Naomi and Ruth and how also for the genealogy of King David and Jesus, the Messiah. The Bible says there was this great famine in the town of Bethlehem. The name Bethlehem simply means house of bread, and there was no bread in the house of bread. You know, that's, that's a tough, tough time. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi. And they had two sons, and the name of their sons was Malion and Kilion, Ephratites of Bethlehem and Judah. Now they entered the land of Moab and remained there. They left Bethlehem because of the famine. They take their family to Moab. And it was there that it says Elimelech died. And then his two sons, in verse 4, took for themselves Moabite women as wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other wife was Ruth. And they lived there about 10 years. Then Naomi's sons died. And she is just undone. Her husband's dead. She's away from her home. She's in a foreign land. Her husband dies, but she has two sons. The sons could be providers. Her sons could be a future. Her sons could be hope. But yet they die. Now she's just undone. She just couldn't take no more. She decided to return back to her hometown of Bethlehem and told her daughter-in-laws to return back to their homes. Well, Orpah kissed her. And left. But the Bible says Ruth clung unto Naomi and promised Naomi that where she went, she would go. And who Naomi's God was would be her God, and her people would be Ruth's people. You see, Ruth clung to the commitment and to faithfulness. She was loyal. She would not take the easy road, but did what was best for Naomi and for her commitment to her her dead husband. They came back to Bethlehem and Naomi, whose name simply means pleasant, was greeted by all of her friends and maybe some family members as well. They're saying, look, here comes Naomi. Ain't that Naomi? Ain't that Naomi? Isn't that pleasant? And Naomi got upset and she says, don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasant, but call me Mara, which means bitter for the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. Naomi was overwhelmed. That her life situations, that her, her life had taken a bitter turn where she had to leave home and family. And then she lost her husband and her children. She thought her future and all that she had to live for was over. She was bitter. She had lost everything. She was overwhelmed with grief and with trouble. The Bible says that Ruth decided to go out the next morning and glean and to try to get some food and make a little bit of money. Naomi remained home. And you remember back in the day in Israel's time, they would leave certain crops in their fields or from their harvest so that the poor people or the homeless people could come 
and glean. And so that these poor and needy people could eat and make a little bit of money for themselves. But listen to this in Ruth chapter 2, verse 3. Listen to what the Bible says. So Ruth departed and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. By Ruth's loyalty and faithful commitment to her mother-in-law, she so happened to be in the right place at the right time. It so happened that the very place where she was gleaning belonged to her husband's family, which meant the owner could take her in and redeem her and change the course of her life forever. But check this out. It's not only her life, but it's the life of Naomi. It'll be the life of the nation through David and the life of humanity through the Savior, Jesus Christ. That so happened was a divine appointment that the Lord orchestrated. When back in 2008, when we got to our hotel, we, we laid down and we slept and woke up the next morning to the hustle and bustle of Ho Chi Minh City. And so I said, well, let me just call these pastors and see if, you know, we can set up a time where we can meet and say hello to them. Well, I called them, told them who we were, and it wasn't even 45 minutes later, the pastor comes up to our hotel takes our luggage and all of our belongings and moves us to a hotel closer to his house. I'm like, what's going on? Forget, you know, forget about Pastor Holmes' brother. We're now in somebody else's possession. He introduced us to the entire convention, put us in a van for eight days to travel around the country to visit house churches and preach the gospel. During that time, during those eight days, we visited over 23 house churches and preached. We saw God's hand move in some powerful ways as we preached at five in the morning all the way to 11 o'clock at night. In some of these tribal areas, it was closed to foreigners, closed to, to, to Christians, and yet there we are preaching. I was not prepared for this. All I had was shorts and a little Bible. I didn't have messages prepared but as we travel from church to church i would pray and god would give me a message i'd have to ask them to excuse me wearing shorts i just didn't i wasn't prepared but god was moving we ended up in a smith's a fishing village a small fishing village in the south and we met this pastor he was a tall pastor with a big smile they called him pastor smiley and he had this thriving small church in his house some young people, he brought some young people, some young leaders, some young men, and even a young lady to come and study the Bible at his house, and he taught them how to learn and to serve the Lord. Some of the young leaders spoke a little bit of English, and we chatted, and there, this young lady was there as well, and she was about 18, almost 19 at the time, and uh, we had met her earlier when we first met all the convention people in Saigon. See, she had been serving the Lord, helping this Korean missionary in Ho Chi Minh City, and uh, we had met her, but she had came back to the church uh, because that's her hometown and that was her church, and she wanted to be there when we arrived. So we chatted, we had some tea and, and some snacks, and then I was asked to pray over all of the young leaders. All the young leaders gathered, and, and I began to pray for them and anoint them with oil, and as I got to the young lady, I felt such a powerful anointing as I was praying for her. And I, I began to pray, 
Lord, that you would use her to go to the nations and preach and be a tool in your hand, oh God. After I got done finished praying, I'm telling you, I felt the Lord lead me to this. I grabbed my Bible and I wrote in the front of it, I use this Bible to preach around your country. I pray you use it to testify and preach around the world. And I handed it to her. Little did I know that the Lord so happened to brought me to that small fishing village to pray for this young lady and hand her my Bible and then find out that I would be the answer to that prayer for her. For that young lady so happened to be my future wife. And her and I would travel all over this world preaching and sharing the love of Jesus together. You see, one act of obedience, one step of faithfulness, one moment of loyalty could bring you to the very place that could change your life forever. God still deals in the it so happens. He has something great for you. Just keep going. Keep trusting. Stay loyal to him and to his plan for your life. And see and hear, this is the way. Walk in it. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you that you are in complete control of our lives. And Lord, you still orchestrate this it so happens. God, not only to touch our lives, but to touch history, to touch nations. God, I just pray, Lord, that even today, that you would cause your goodness to pass before the eyes of your people and remind them of the it so happened times in their life where you put them where you wanted them, that that was the way when we walked in it. Bless your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. God bless you real good. God bless you all the way, and we love you, and we'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.